Pip Brown, okay, Lady Hawk, is one of the best guitarists I have ever seen on stage. So she's one of my favourites because she's seriously electric. She's one of those players that is completely immersed in their craft and you just can't keep your eyes off them. She goes wild. So picture this performer on stage, completely backlit, big, thick, shaggy blonde hair. Every now and again she kind of looks up to the crowd and you can see this black cat eyeliner. And she's got this tall, lean body, skinny jeans, and just frantically playing a guitar. So hey, it's Linda Mariano and welcome to Inspired. Coming up in this episode, we're talking about Lady Hawk's debut album, the release that turned her from guitarist to singer and frontwoman. You'll hear the story of the song that became the biggest hit on her record. It was written when Pip was feeling completely out of her element and she was literally delirious. This is Lady Hawk, My Delirium. A song that came out, can you believe it, ten and a half years ago on the (laughs) Breakthrough Record, the self-titled debut album. Why are you saying ill? Time, it's a funny thing. Time is a funny thing, isn't it? Yeah. Can you believe it? I can't. I can't handle it. it. Just where did that time go? I don't know. I still feel like it just happened. Really? Yeah. Well, I that's do. good. All the memories are fresh. <laughs> Some memories are fresh. <laughs> Some are a little blurry. Yeah, very. We're going to get to all of them in Inspired today. We've got Pip Brown, the woman that is behind Lady Hawk, and someone that we go back. A yeah. fair way. We've been, yeah. I've been playing your music for so many years. I know. But we are winding it back to My Delirium, <laughs> a song that you say is an interesting story because it came about unlike other songs for Lady Hawk. Yeah, it was interesting because I, um, it was my first ever trip to London, the UK. I'd never, ever been to the UK before. What year do you reckon this was? This was 2007. Okay. Yeah, on. yeah. So I, um, I'd been living in Sydney. I'd written Back of the Van with uh, Michael DeFrancesco. He was touch sensitive and he was in Banshee at the time. Yeah, yeah. So, and a dear friend of mine. Off the back of that song, I was sort of getting some writing sessions, which I was quite new to the whole world of writing sessions. I'd only ever written with friends before. So... Pascal Gabriel, who um, was and is an incredible producer, songwriter, musician from, um, he's actually from Belgium, but he's was based in the UK for a very long time. And it's so funny looking at his catalogue, he's worked with such an array of artists. Yeah. You look at like Theme from S Express, which yes. he did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. insane. And then he's also done, you know, the Kylie Minogue's of the world. Yeah. The temper trap and yeah. you. Yep. Yeah, so I didn't really know much about Pascal and he knew nothing about me. Um, all he knew was that I'd sent him a demo of Back of the Van and a mixtape CD that I'd put together for him. What of your favourite kind of, of my songs? My favourite songs, basically, and I wrote him a note. It was like, hey, Pascal, this is, <laughs> uh, these are all my favourite songs. I just, you know, these are who I'm heavily influenced by. Um, so, yeah, look forward to meeting you. <laughs> what was on that mixtape? Uh, there was Blondie. All the notes, obviously. <laughs> Toto, Africa, Cars, Fleetwood Mac, Flies. Tell me love. 
So you sent him this kind of love letter via a mixtape. Yeah, and yeah. Then and then that's so that's basically all he knew of me was that in back of the van. And uh, so I had this writing session booked in with him um, for basically a day after I landed in the UK because he didn't know I was a um, you know a musician and a songwriter. He'd written up a whole bunch of stuff in his studio before I got there. So he had like beats, synths, stuff, tracks to play me. When I got there, he played me like a bunch of stuff. And the one that stuck out was what was going to be my delirium. It was like some synths and drums. And so I, he was expecting that you were a singer, just a yeah, uh, just a singer, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. And so I came in and um. I just I was came in with my guitar and everything ready to write and um, obviously I ended up writing because I was like I you know this is I picked the song I liked and it was my delirium and then after that session uh, we actually became really good friends and he he learnt that I was a writer and so we everything he did like almost half that record with me yeah and I was literally delirious and I think I remember saying that to him like I hadn't slept and I felt horrible and I was going through all this crazy personal stuff as as always seems to happen when you're writing an album. <laughs> it's like we do it to ourselves, I think. But yeah, so I, I just hadn't had any sleep and I felt like crap. So that's how that's that came about. What a beautiful first impression. I know, I, and I remember sitting on the couch in the studio just like slumped, just feeling so tired and I just wanted to play guitar and I think that's the first thing I did was just plug in the guitar and um, just riff over the top of what he'd written already. Because there's all these different guitar parts yeah. within my delirium, and it's amazing when you listen to the song because there's like the really crunchy kind of yeah. <laughs> and then you've got the real kind of ringing ones, and it's like they compete for space, but at the same time they perfectly complement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think the first one I did because I at the time, I mean, I, now I still I think I've got quite a, a distinct guitar sound myself. I like a lot of reverb and delay um, with a little bit of distortion. Um, and the first thing I'm pretty certain from memory that I wrote was the the main hook for the chorus. The I think that was the first bit, and that was super. Yeah, this is it. That bit. Here it goes. Yeah. What do you that picture guy. when you're writing these lines? <laughs> I don't know. I get a a fear. It's more like a feeling and euphoria nostalgia that's always been a massive thing for me like I can't really go anywhere with a song if there's no um, nostalgia for me like I know it's weird to say nostalgia when nostalgia is usually associated with a memory or something to do with the past so when you're writing something new how can that possibly have nostalgia but I like being able to evoke nostalgia from from something new and that's what I tried to do with that entire record was evoke nostalgia um, and that's probably what I was thinking when I was doing that like I, I would have been lost in a dream you know just <laughs> in my own world probably imagining myself playing in the stadium <laughs> <laughs> alongside Fleetwood Mac yeah yeah well I was that's who was uh who kind of inspired another guitar line in that it was uh, uh Lindsay Buckingham um sort of style of playing when it when it drops out into the um I guess you'd call it the middle eight. There's like a guitar that I do that's like, all like sort of dreamy. And that was, that's a big Lindsay Buckingham inspiration moment there. Yeah, <laughs> falling into the dream world, the delirium. Exactly, yeah. That was going on. No sleep, yeah. <laughs> so 
let's talk about the idea behind the lyrics then. So mm. you're sitting there, you're riffing, you're evoking this nostalgia. Yeah, so, I mean, the way I usually write when I do vocals is I just go hop on the mic and just start noodling. Like It's like nothing words, you know, like... That's what I did for that. And I remember, I remember it's feeling weird in my ears for some reason. I've got a very distinct memory of thinking, why is it... Why can I hear this weird sound? But it was my own voice. <laughs> it's a really strange thing to say, but I was like, this is like... I felt like I was outside my body listening to somebody else sing <laughs> it would have been like me going meow meow sometimes I meow the nonsense lyrics as well meow 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 yeah that's how that would have come about and then just just basically put it pouring into it everything I was going through at the time which was being far away from people I loved and feeling very alone in London which I did I didn't know that place at all and it was a big city you know mm. late night waiting by the phone tonight waiting for an answer I mean Sydney's a big city but I had my friends and people I cared about there and all of a sudden I was on my own didn't know anyone was thrown into this industry I wasn't used to, music industry. I was feeling quite lost, like, am I supposed to be here feeling, you know, like the imposter syndrome thing? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Why am I here? tell me about that. <laughs> yeah, it's just, the, uh, it's the classic thing of like, how did I cheat my way into this, you know, <laughs> somehow. I think I dealt with that my entire uh, first and second record, I, I've struggled with that. You know, like, what am I doing? Why am I here? How did I get here? <laughs> Who's letting me do this, you know? <laughs> it, you know, thinking that there's someone better out there that deserves to be doing it. It's such a strange thing, and I know so many creative people that feel exactly the same way. Why do you think we do that? I don't know. If I think I've spoken to so many people who feel the same way. It's like weird form of self-punishment. Mm. And, and I think... Creative people want perfection as well. Like we strive for, for perfection, and if there's anything less than it, can you feel like a failure? You know. <laughs> do you feel out of that mindset now, or do you still yeah, hold I, on? To I that? have, yeah, I have moments of that. Yeah, I do, definitely do. But I, a lot of things have shifted for me in my personal life. So I have a baby, which is pretty <laughs> crazy, and that's shifted a lot of things for me. I'm like lo loads of stuff I used to obsess over and care about in a bad way I don't anymore like I flew here yesterday with my daughter and I wasn't even stressed out and that's saying something <laughs> you've changed I've changed you've yeah. changed Pip yeah <laughs> well winding back to this song and so you're sitting there and you're meowing yep lady cat let's <laughs> lady call cat. it lady yeah cat. sure <laughs> uh meowing into the mic and then you come up with this idea of hey <laughs> you're playing with my delirium and the longer I wait, the harder I'm gonna fall. Where did that line come from? I was staying in a, a, a little unit type thing in Kensington. And you had to walk up like a million steps to get there. There was no elevator, you know. And I remember like just being so alone and talking to my partner at the time on the phone. And that was kind of a huge instigator for that song was you know wanting to talk to somebody but they're not there like they're not picking up the phone or you know you're all alone and you're in a different time zone as well so it's like it doesn't work out I'd never done that before I'd never done any sort of long distance situation 
and it did a number on me. <laughs> and I think that's kind of where the, you know, a lot of the lines in that song come from there. No rest till I get through, cause I'm holding out for you. Am I the only one who's insane? And so was this all done in one day? Uh, yeah, that was correct. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it, it it happened pretty fast, and I think um that meeting with Pascal was what sort of solidified my entire sound for me, because it sort of set me on a path. Like I felt more um sure of what I wanted to do after that session. You know, I was sure I wanted to be a songwriter. I was sure I wanted to like create dreamy nostalgia. I could see everything visually, which I created with um. Sarah Lanik, who's a visual artist. Um, so that was something that all came together, I think, from the um, Pascal sessions. It really exploded for you, especially with the release of this record. So the album came out in the later half of 2008. You did yep. a lot of tours as well. Do you remember what it was like when this song and this record was released? The day it came out, I was filming the music video for My Delirium. So I was on set filming My Delirium when I got handed a physical copy of the vinyl for the first time. But um, yeah, so I remember it feeling surreal, like just um, having that thing that was mine, you know, like I'd always been in bands and I was always the guitar girl. I never had my own thing. I was always felt like I was someone's right-hand man. <laughs> Actually, that reminds me, the first time I ever saw you on stage was in Tulane Blacktop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, New Zealand band. Yeah, and yeah. You, and we were like, who is this girl that is <laughs> shredding? She should be an artist <laughs> of her own. Well, that was who I was for a long time, was a shredder. I loved my metal and rock and roll, and um, I was a you know lead guitarist for a long time. And Tulane Blacktop broke up, and I went straight into um, Teenager with Nick. Yeah, a little more. So um, it's been quite a yeah, quite a trip. And um, going from all of that to then having my own project, it was it took quite a lot to um, even be Lady Hawk, you know, because I had such low self confidence. I didn't really know whether I was gonna be the front person of this thing I was creating. I always sort of thought well, maybe I can get someone else to be Lady Hawk. Maybe I can just be in the band, <laughs> create the music, and you know, step back. But that was never going to be the case because everyone else told me I shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, there's always such a uh, introvert extrovert yeah. line, especially I think with lead guitarists because you're able to play real lead lines yep. and really be at the front of a stage and put your foot up on that fold back and yeah. lean oh, into yeah. the, lean into the crowd. But at the same time, you can also keep your head down totally and shroud yourself in mystery. Yeah, and you don't yeah. actually have to talk into a mic at all. Oh, and that was my whole world. I was that was what I loved um, mm. and I didn't know any better really but I really wanted my own thing and um, I was desperate for it I knew the sound I wanted I was upset I, I love all music by the way like I'm not just into heavy rock and 80s pop I'm like I, I just am a huge fan of music I could have ended up <laughs> doing hip-hop you know <laughs> there's still time I don't know that they would have gone down so well <laughs> but um I knew exactly what I wanted and I'm I'm very glad I saw it through. Well, let's take a little listen to just how successful this song was. This is a part of you playing this at the Enmore Theatre in Sydney oh, wow. in 2008. 
<laughs> you got to draw out the ending. Yeah, you've got to. Yeah. you got to milk it. Fuck yeah. I mean, sorry. <laughs> Team. Listen to Thank the crowd. So <laughs> oh, man. I remember that night, too. That was, a, that was such an awesome moment. Really? Yeah, yeah. I love playing to Aussie crowds. Always so, like, great crowds to play to. We are. Yeah, I'm not just saying that. that. I say that all the time, all the time. Yeah, yeah, that gave me shivers then. Let's get into it now, Lady Hawk. Thank you so much for joining us for Inspired. Thank you for having me. It's Lady Hawk, my delirium for Inspired. And speaking of artists that cemented their sounds with fantastic debut releases, how about this one by Kimbra? I want to settle down. I want to settle down. Kimbra was just 16 when she wrote this amazing debut single, which has this theme of settling down and starting a family. And so when I spoke to her about writing this song, I had to ask, why choose this subject when you're so young? I think I was approaching the theme with a little bit of sarcasm. Um, I mean, obviously at that age, it's not something you're thinking about in terms of a literal idea, but it is also a time for a young girl when you are kind of formulating a lot of your own identity and um, beginning to become aware of social constructs. So I'm sure I was thinking about it, and I do remember watching Stepford Wives around that time. Remember Nicole Kidman was in that movie? Yeah. Yeah, and I do remember being quite sort of fascinated by this facade of like the perfect housewife woman who underneath is kind of breaking and the scaffolding is kind of falling apart. I wanna down. I wanna so that's a nice little chat if you want to check it out. And please feel free to rate and subscribe. I'm Linda. Thanks so much for listening. I saw her with you. Monday morning.